0: For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today.
1: This episode of in Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals. On Blind, professionals connect and have honest discussions about salaries and what it's really like to work at or interview with a company. You can also join your private company channel to have a candid and safe conversation with your coworkers about what's really going on. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read. Check out teamblind.com to get the latest insights and the answers to your workplace questions. This is
2: Including You, the new series from LEAD at any level. Including You features stories from chief diversity officers and other executives who are creating inclusive cultures in their organizations. Our goal is to show what's working in companies just like yours, to give you the tools you need to keep pushing for progress in your own workplace. We want to create belonging and opportunity for everyone, including you. And now here's your host, Amy C. Waninger.
0: Welcome to Including You. My name is Amy C. Wanninger. I'm the host of Including You and the CEO of Lead at Any Level. My guest today is Evelise Crespo. They're a senior global diversity, equity, and inclusion advisor at Reed Smith LLP. Reed Smith is an international law firm dedicated to helping clients navigate their businesses through complex disputes, transactions, and regulatory matters. The firm spans 30 offices with 3,000 people, including 1,700 lawyers. Ivalice, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm happy to be here.
0: I am thrilled to have you. When I was doing the research for the show, I found something really interesting on the Reed Smith website that I want to talk to you about. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, why is diversity, equity, and inclusion such an important initiative for Reed Smith? They're obviously putting a lot of energy and a lot of investment behind this.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I I think is important to start off with is that this isn't something new for us. We've had a DEI program for over 20 years. So the commitment is something that is deeply ingrained within our organization. It's ingrained in our core values and throughout every single department at the firm. We know that diversity, equity, and inclusion makes us a better law firm. We also know that it strengthens our services that we provide to clients. And it advances our relationship with these clients and also our stakeholders. And I think, lastly, it really sets us apart from other law firms.
0: So you're really looking at a long-term, sustainable, competitive advantage with your DEI programs. Absolutely. Internally and externally, right? I think that's fantastic. And this is a drum that I keep trying to beat for people who say, I don't know why we need to invest in this. I don't know why we need to do this now. Now is too late. Right? 20 years ago <laughs> was probably the right time.
3: To start. Yeah.
0: absolutely. So I, w- I alluded to this the, on your website, on the Reed Smith website, you have like many companies would publish an annual report. Reed Smith publishes a DE&I annual report. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about how long have you been doing that? Where does it come from? And what kind of results have you seen from doing that?
3: Yeah, I know that it predates me. I'm not exactly sure how long we've been doing it, but definitely for several years. And part of why we do that is that we're doing all of these amazing things. They're great. They're innovative. They're thought leading. But what we want to do is not just create change within our own law firm. We want to change the industry. And in order to do that, we need to model transparency. And so part of why we share that information is as an incentive to other law firms, to people across our industry, to really challenge them, right, to improve their practices and create a better profession for us all.
0: And so are you seeing that you're moving the needle with that? Are you seeing other law firms get on board with this level of transparency or is it more of a... Is it more of a, I'm imagining like a, a middle school dance, right? Where one person goes out and dance and then all the other people are kind of standing back going, well, we we'll to wait and see if they fall.
3: And I think we've seen, certainly seen success, right? We've done things, we're one of the law firms to do several things first. And we're seeing more and more law firms really adopt these kind of initiatives. So I, d- I definitely do think that we are all moving into the direction where people are caring more and more about these things. And one, yes, I want to say Reed Smith is certainly taking a lead. But a lot of that also has to do with the industry overall. We're seeing this big push from clients, from the bar associations. We're seeing these big push from academia and law schools. And so I think all of that is culminating into a really area to innovate, to do things that we haven't done before. Because as we've seen, despite all of these efforts, our numbers as an industry haven't really improved over the last 20 years. And so I do think that modeling transparency is key. We want people to know what we're doing and how we're attacking these issues.
0: And when you talk about the transparency, you have your numbers, your representation numbers, your participation numbers, how the demographics are distributed throughout the company and what your benchmarks and your targets are for those numbers, and you're reporting annually to all of your stakeholders that you mentioned, your clients, your employees, your industry partners, all of that, what those numbers look like for you as a company, what kind of response have you gotten internally, externally? from posting those numbers?
3: I think by and large, our clients are always impressed with how transparent. I've heard a number of our you know, main clients or, or a number of our clients pine and talk about how our report really sets us apart. That's one of the most comprehensive reports they've seen come out of a law firm. So I do think that it's been well-received, at least on the client end, I think internally we use that as uh, marketing. And so I know that many different departments use that to send to their clients, their contacts, recruits, people that we're trying to hire, whether they're in like entry level or lateral or even at the partner level. And so I do think that it's been well-received. It does a great job of kind of outlining all of the amazing things. we're doing. And really, I think in my opinion, helps us set ourselves apart. So in your
0: report, you highlight a women's network that seems to have real prominence in this work. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Absolutely. Our winners network is actually unique. The women's network, sorry, called winners. It's actually unique because it's separate from our DEI program. And there are several reasons for that. Predominantly, historically, we know that the issues that have impacted women across the globe look very different. And so we have a separate program that's really designed to look at that issue, not just within the US, um, but also globally, which our DEI program does as well. But we knew that because of the issues that women face in the legal industry, that we needed to put renewed and extra focus on that. So they are two separate programs. We work very closely together, obviously, because we're all championing for the same issues. But we do know that the issues that are impacting women look a little bit different. And so they need a different approach.
0: And that's just one of several ERGs or networks that you have, right?
3: Yes, that's a group that specifically focused on women. We also have, in addition to that program, we have a set of business inclusion groups. And those are groups that really target specific populations to uh, help improve our policies, practices, our recruiting efforts, and help drive inclusion and create a space where people can feel like they belong.
0: So similar to women's issues are a little bit different in different places in the world. Culturally speaking, I know that you have your global organization with a network for LGBTQ employees, LGBTQIA plus employees, and culturally that can be a little tricky globally, right? Because in some places, just the identities themselves are not only marginalized, but in some cases criminalized. How are you addressing that as a global organization?
3: Absolutely. I think we take the firm position that we are one law firm and there are cultural nuances in every single office, but one of our priorities is making sure that inclusion exists in all of our offices. And so we, we make sure that that we, that LGBTQ folks have a firm understanding that they are included. When we have instances where someone may be traveling to an office that may be not as accepting, we have a process and a practice in place just to make sure that person feels supported and knows that irrespective of where they are, they're still a part of the Reed Smith family and inclusion to us is paramount. And so it's something that we highly prioritize. And again, those approaches look different across our offices, like any approach for any given group across our offices. But it's something that I'm proud to say that inclusion at the heart of it is what we prioritize.
0: I've heard it said that diversity is different everywhere, but inclusion is the same around the world.
3: (laughs) I really like that quote. I've actually don't think I've actually heard that yet, but I really do like that quote, quote.
0: I like that you have a feedback loop into policies and practices from your networks, because I think a lot of times companies miss that step. They want to have these sort of grassroots efforts, but they don't really take, take the initiative to create advisory responsibilities for those networks or to listen to the feedback from their networks. Can you talk to us a little bit about policies that have changed because of that engagement, because of that advisory? Yeah, about.
3: absolutely. I will, I will touch on that. But I also want to highlight that it's something unique that we do is that for every single business inclusion group, we have a member of our senior management team pointed to each group. So their goal really is to take all of that information, enact it into policies, practices, share that with senior leaders at the firm. And we've seen that be successful in a number of ways. I think most recently our pronoun policy. That we recently rolled out and that was an initiative really led by our LGBT business inclusion group called PRISM Uh, and they really worked hard along with members in HR to really create that policy and implement that policy firm wide and so i think that's one of the areas where i've seen that relationship really work really well selfishly it's something that i benefit from right as somebody who is non-binary and and uses they them pronouns and it's it to me it's made a very big difference uh, in the lives of not just lgbt folks but also working in a global law firm being able to identify pronouns is something that we're seeing a lot of people benefiting from not just people of the lgbt community
0: you know this is one of those policies or one of these initiatives that I think people overlook or they discount because they say it's too niche. And it's a lot like when you have disability inclusion or accessibility, it's not just the people that are targeted by those policies or that are most vocally advocating for those policies that benefit from them. And so I remember working on global teams where I didn't know who I was talking to or who was going to be in a meeting because I wasn't familiar with the naming conventions or the, the gendered conventions of naming in Absolutely. different cultures in different countries, or for people who don't have the luxury of the visual cues, right? Maybe they use screen readers to, to network with people or they're using screen readers on LinkedIn. They may not know who they're talking to or you know what the person's pronouns are just by sight. And then of course, we don't know just by sight what someone's pronouns might be anyway. And so it's just a good reminder that these policies or or these initiatives don't just benefit the strongest advocates, they really benefit everyone and make it a lot easier to do business with anyone.
3: Absolutely. And I think that's, that's why I like to use that example, because the benefit has been felt across the firm, across different demographics.
0: And I'm sure it helps too for you, for other members of the LGBTQ community to feel seen and valued, right? By your firm. It's not that you've just been swept aside. It's not that you're, I hate the word tolerance or tolerated. We're not tolerated. We don't just let you be here out of the goodness of our hearts. We really value your contributions and really value who you are as a whole person. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that means?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very true, is that at Reed Smith, it's certainly for me. I I hold many different identities that in one way or another are marginalized and have been historically excluded from various spaces. And I certainly feel valued, seen, heard, and like I have a chance to be successful right at, at Reed Smith. And I think that that's really a testament to how we value diversity. We recognize that Within every single person, there are multiple identities going on, and all of those identities converge to create the people that we're working with. It impacts values, impacts how we approach issues, how we tackle client uh, matters, and so I think we have really learned the value of, and it's something that shows in all of our practices, from how we prioritize staffing client matters, to how we prioritize the allocation of work, which is something that we're working on now. And I'm very proud of that because I think it's something that really does set us apart.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that you are working on this allocation of work and how you assign that. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about what's next and what you're still, what's still left to do for Reedsmith?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We're hiring new people. So I think that's the first step is recognizing that we need to really put some resources to this. And the reason we're doing that, it's not like Reed Smith is alone in this work allocation journey. This is an issue that is impacting many law firms and many legal departments. And we know from research in the industry that this is one of the barriers that prevents people of color, people with disabilities, LGBTQ folks, women from really advancing within the profession. And so it's something that I think many different pockets within the industry are really working hard to address. And we're no different, right? We realize that internally we need some expertise here. So we're bringing in some new folks. We're designing a new program. We're re-ramping our policy and, and practices around how that's done, all with an eye to make the process more inclusive to remove those barriers that we know exist and to make that process more equitable and fair, right? For everyone involved. Because we know, right, when we start making those changes to make the process more fair, inevitably every single person benefits.
0: And when you talk about work allocation within the law firm, are you talking about who gets the high profile projects, who gets the client facing work versus the back office stuff? Is that the kind of work allocation you're talking about?
3: Yeah, we're talking about access to those quality assignments, access to to assignments that are going to give people client face time. Those are things that are incredibly important, right? As well as like work allocation and credit allocation, who's getting credit for those matters that we're bringing. And those are also things that we're looking at because we know there's a lot of bias that goes into that as well. And so in addition to the, the types of work people are working on, we're looking at the types of credit people get for the work that they're working.
0: That's an important point because I don't know what the case is at Reed Smith that I've heard from other law firms that unless you're a partner, you don't necessarily get credit for bringing in revenue generating work. And that, that exacerbates the pay disparities that exist for historically excluded and historically marginalized people. But it also drives away people that might otherwise be eligible for promotion or eligible for career pathing within a company or within a firm because it takes so long to recoup the expense of your education or to feel like you're really being valued by the firm. So I'm wondering, is that part of it as well?
3: Absolutely. And I also think a lot of it has to do with bias, affinity bias. So it's not just differences in tenure. It's also counteracting what we know happens in every organization, which is that people tend to give work and credit differently depending on who these the people that they're giving that work and credit to are. So some people have more access to opportunities simply because of things like affinity bias, which makes sense. We tend to gravitate and trust people who are like us. And that you know impacts a lot of opportunities in the workplace. And so thinking about a more equitable way to give out those assignments is also something that is incredibly important because we know that if we leave it up to even the best intention to folks, we might still be susceptible to bias. So creating a more equitable process, one that mitigates bias is something that is a top priority for us.
0: Yeah, and it does two things. It makes it equitable for the people that need getting those opportunities. It, I guess, three things. It gives guidance to the people who want to do the right thing that don't know how, but good policies also don't leave bad actors a place to hide. And Absolutely. it's really easy to find people who have malicious intent or who are trying to skirt the responsibility of doing the right thing.
3: It's also an efficiency thing. In addition to all of those things where, yes, it's good for business. Yes, it's good for morale. Yes, it's good for us because we fully believe in these things. It's also a matter of efficiency, right? It helps streamline the delegation of work in a more efficient way. Rather than just relying on giving out this work, continuously giving the same work to one person, it helps expand people's ability to work on different matters. And it creates a more efficient process for us.
0: And I would imagine it also helps with succession planning because then you've got people who are cross-trained and who have had higher stakes projects and higher stakes work over their careers and built up to that point. Yeah. So it's winning all around. Is there anything else you want to share um, with our listeners, with our viewers about what you think is the secret sauce at Reed Smith that's really moving the needle for you?
3: Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that I really appreciate is, one, our program is pretty But What I like most is that we recognize that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. We're not afraid to innovate. And while diversity, equity, and inclusion are often lumped together, we at Reed Smith very much know that those are distinct concepts. And so we need to approach each differently. And so we have different metrics, we have different ways and different programs really to address each one of those things. And I think that is what makes us successful. Because right? we're not solely focused on diversity, we're not solely focused on inclusion. We're looking at equity, and we're asking those hard questions. And I think that is what really makes us successful: is that we know it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, and we're not as scared to innovate and try to fix these issues.
0: I think it's fantastic that you're doing this so systemically, but also in ways that impact each individual at the intersections of all of their identities. I think that's so important.
3: Absolutely.
0: Ivalice, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you. And I I look forward to seeing more great work and next year's annual report from Reed Smith.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Including You.
2: If you've enjoyed this episode, follow me at any level on LinkedIn and YouTube. Then join us for Including You video simulcast every Thursday at noon Eastern. Including You can also be enjoyed each week as part of the Living Corporate Audio Podcast Series available on all major podcast platforms. Learn more at living-corporate.com. Including You is brought to you in part by Lead at Any Level, a boutique training and consulting firm improving employee engagement and retention for companies that promote from within. Lead at Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at at leadatanylevel.com. Lead at Any Level and its logo are registered trademarks of Lead at Any Level LLC. The views and opinions of guests on our show do not necessarily reflect the positions of Lead at Any Level, Living Corporate, or the sponsors of Including You.
1: When you're building a culture of belonging, every word counts. That's why Textio brings the world's most advanced language insights into your hiring and employer brand content. Our industry-leading approach to artificial intelligence and machine learning provides the tools needed to find more diverse candidates. In short, Textio builds more equitable workspaces, guiding businesses and writing more inclusive job posts. And we're building on that success by bringing even more products to the market for all people who share our belief that language matters. Words have power. And at Textio, we harness that power to increase the access and availability of value-driven work for everyone.